Welcome back to another episode of Many Entrepreneur. My name is Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this episode, I spoke with Saffron Sumner, the founder of 20s Legacy, a community of founders, freelancers, and creators in their 20s. So we spoke about what is the ambition of 20s Legacy and also why she decided to grow the community via a Facebook group and highlighting how Facebook groups are still thriving and how you can use them to build your own communities. And also why Saffron decided to post consistently on LinkedIn, growing to 16K followers in three months and giving examples of the opportunities that she's seen from this. Very important to highlight sort of like, I know people focus about the numbers a lot, but in actual fact, like real world examples of what opportunities come from growing on LinkedIn, Saffron goes into all of that. And also highlighting the challenges and the dark sides when it comes to growing your personal LinkedIn. Something that I guess a lot of LinkedIn marketers don't really talk about like the mental health impact, maintain the consistency, and the weird DMs that are received sometimes in the hundreds, as, as Saffron highlights. This is episode 99, one away from the magic 100, and I want to give every single one of you guys a thank you for listening so far to the podcast, supporting it, subscribing, uh, following the Instagram, everything you guys have been doing. I can't thank you guys enough. We charted in the UK um, quite high up I can't remember the exact number I think it was like yeah top 100 somewhere but we've been charting there for a few months but that's all down to you guys your support so I can't thank you guys enough if you're new to the podcast then definitely do subscribe you do not want to miss episode number 100 you came in at a very very good time so yeah thank you so much for listening again and I hope you enjoy hey Saffron how are you hey I'm good thanks how are you I'm very very good thank you so much for coming on the podcast welcome episode number 99 it's fairly getting close to 100 like one, one more episode I know I desperately um, wanted to be that 100 but <laughs> believe me you weren't you weren't the first to ask like there was a few people that asked and I had to turn them down like very very good like guests and I've had them on like they'll be either before 100 or after 100 so but I had to had to stick with my my original guest for episode 100 we recorded it in Brixton in the studio oh that's cool so, yeah no I yeah, did think it's person. probably going to be like a really celebratory one yeah yeah but I mean you would have made a very good 100 as well to be fair <laughs> maybe 200 <laughs> so you made you made number 99 yeah so let's jump in straight away because there's so much I want to talk about with you because you have a very interesting story very diverse different things that you've been doing so I guess what is 20s legacy is probably the first like amazing thing to talk, to talk about. So to summarize it in a couple of sentences, it's a community for people in their 20s who are founders, freelancers and creators. Um, essentially, it's different parts. It's going to be turning into an e-learning hub or an e-hub, as many call it, where the website, as it already does, it has tons of free resources. There's more coming out every single month, collaborating with businesses, ones I create myself and ones that um, other businesses have created and I'm hosting for them, just so these founders, freelancers and creators can come on and learn everything that they need to about self-employment management and everything that goes with it all in one centralized space. Um, there is a Facebook community group as well where we get to chat to each other every day and we do. We can ask questions, get advice, then re just anything that they want to do, they have this one space to talk to everyone in there. And then in the coming months, a lot more is going to be coming. So there's a discount car coming out. There's going to be courses coming out, as well as loads of other features where this will just be one place. Everybody can go in, become a freelancer, become a business owner or excel where they are with options that are catered to them and specified at them rather than just generalized saying spray ones that you get all over Google. Why why people for in their 20s? Like, why was that a demographic you wanted to go for? Not, not more general. Because... 
I started an agency when I was in my 20s, a marketing agency. Um, I don't run it anymore. But during that time, I felt super isolated. Not even just that, I found that there was a lack of support. There was a lack of resources, accessibility. There was nothing catered towards me. We have to think the decisions that we make right now are very different to the decisions you make when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, when you have different experiences. And whatever you can be told from someone who are that many steps ahead in life is very still different to what you would get say, if you were to give me advice or I were to give you advice. So I wanted a space where we could do that for each other, plus having some help from more experienced business owners. Of course, there are a lot that do support the community, but I just wanted something for us. And I just felt there was never a space I could talk to anyone, really. Yeah, you make friends on LinkedIn, but there's just not one place where if that one friend is not there, there's many other people. And you're going to have different things that are going on. And someone in the community group is always there to go through it. So yeah, that's the idea. It was just to give what I didn't have, to put in simple terms. I guess it is very similar to why I started the, this podcast is like the relatability aspect because I think the te- like technology and the diff- the markets have changed much. The generation gap has really widened. Yeah. More more so than like previous generations and so now you've got problems that have arisen that even like people who started their agency maybe 20 years ago can't can't like have, they can't perceive the problems that exist there. Yeah. And so having that group of like 20 something year olds that have gone through that and they've built some like I don't know like even like influence agencies that didn't exist before um stuff like that I I completely agree that relate to be a relatability aspect is so important mm-hmm. um especially for young people now yeah and I just wanted to give them a space where if they were wanting to go into entrepreneurship or freelancing from being a student or from school or from really early employment there was a bunch of resources and courses and help that they could do that without having to go pay for a really expensive coach. I, I am a huge believer in coaching. I had a great coach when I ran the marketing agency and he helped me a lot, but that's not accessible to everyone because they're expensive. So this was really helping them in the stage at an accessible level, whether it's free or very cheap. So I think, yeah, it does many things to help people really go for what they want and develop themselves. And I think, well, we're going through the Great Resignation, as we know, we're about to go through another recession. So now more than ever, it's really important for people to upskill themselves, for people to be able to control their income. And this platform and this e-learning hub and this community is just going to allow them to do that. Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree with like the problem you're trying to solve and everything. Like it makes a ton of sense. Why did you decide Facebook? as a group to do that? So uh, at the start, before I launched the community, I did a little bit of market research and I was like, what would you prefer? You know, WhatsApp, uh, Discord, Facebook group, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be going? Where are you going to remember to go? And it was overwhelmingly people said Facebook. Like it was, yeah, it was like something like 90%, over 90%. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm not a Facebook user. I don't post on Facebook. Yes, I've managed Facebook business accounts. I've managed ads accounts. So I know all that side of it, but I'm not a consistent user. So even I was quite surprised. But when I got into the Facebook groups and I saw how powerful they are, I was like, no, yeah, I should be there. Whether I develop or have an extension for a Discord group or a WhatsApp group for more centralized support and everyday chit-chat, I have been thinking about that on the side. But the Facebook group is so powerful. It generates a lot of traffic to the website. It's engaged. People help out a lot. It is still a hot space to be. And people, yeah, there's a lot of groups that are in the tens of thousands that support and generate a lot of income. There's this one, um, it's a women's support group. These women 
started this Facebook group probably maybe just over a year ago, and they're both six-figure earners now. And they only use Facebook and email marketing. So, yeah, it's powerful still. And uh, I think I had a couple problems, as every new business owner does when they start. There's a problem of getting the audience and getting the audience to action. So also, if I then have a bunch of entrepreneurs and freelancers that are not used to using Discord, for example, I've then got the third problem of getting them to that app. It's true. It's true. I'm on many Discord groups similar to what you're trying to build, but in different spaces. And there's a whole sort of like friction of like, what is it? What is Discord? Thing is, I'm quite used to it because I'm in the NFT space. So yeah. like Discord's all over the place. Whereas the people who are using it for more like community based things of like learning, it's actually fairly difficult to use for, for those people. Yeah, because they don't and use it. Yeah, like you, you wouldn't use it. Like for, even for me, like starting out using it for the for NFT things, like it was still quite difficult to learn. So I completely agree with you. So Facebook definitely isn't dead. Yeah, because people already use it every single day. Like that, my community are already, most of them are already using it. I've probably had five people turn around and say to me, oh, I'm really sorry I don't have Facebook. That's it. Out of the hundreds and hundreds of people I've spoke to. So I'm like, you know, it's not dead. It just, I think posting on it personally, when you do it for yourself, that's part of it's dead. I think the business aspect is still very much there. I mean, there's that creator, I can't remember his name, but he gets billions of views on Facebook every single month. So... I think when you use it the right way for the right audience, it's very much not dead. But yeah, they're, they're happy with it. But though we were speaking literally just today about whether they'd want extra support in a Discord or WhatsApp group. And some were like, yeah, maybe it might be good for the extra support. But otherwise, we think this is pretty good. It, it suits its purpose. Mm. And there's a, there's a free package as well as a paid package you alluded to. Oh, no, the Facebook community group is all free. It's just all free. Yeah, all free. That will always be free. I'll never make them pay for just advice support within the Facebook group. Never. Yes, there's going to be courses which we pay for and memberships for more extensive and detailed uh, resources, for example, and different things that I'm creating. But there will always be free resources. The Facebook community group will always be free because what's the point? I'm not making it accessible then, am I? Yeah, precisely. So Saffron, you talked about the different challenges when it comes to this and Facebook, like which platform to use was kind of one of the challenges and Facebook for you was the most accessible and also for your users. The other one that you talked about is how did you like the challenge of growing the actual community, so growing the user base on the on the Facebook group. So how did you how did you actually do that? So I've been really fortunate with my efforts into LinkedIn. Um, I, well, I do put a lot of effort and engagement into LinkedIn and it's paid off really well. So if I'm honest, LinkedIn has been the biggest generator of that. Currently right now, due to timing issues, I can't run all the social platforms. I'm currently only concentrating on a few social platforms at the moment and honing in on them to become really good. And then when I have the more time and more resources to expand back out, I will. But I think just from consistent posting, showing the values for being in the group, and I am solving a problem that a lot of people, young people have. So I think mixing that all together, it has just grown really well. I mean, I tie in with email marketing as well. I'm, I'm talking about the group on there. LinkedIn, I'm always like, I'll talk about the community, then I'll be like, join the group. I've reached out to people that I think will be really valuable. And I think word of mouth has really helped as well because every single day we'll get, it's a private group and every single day we're getting people requesting to be in. So it has definitely just taken a natural effect where it has grown through word of mouth, but I'd have to say the biggest growth factor has been LinkedIn. Yeah, we'll talk about LinkedIn because that's more your sort of like personal 
LinkedIn, and then the sort of like secondary growth has been the Facebook group. And obviously, we'll talk about that because it's such a valuable pillar of what you're what you're growing. Yeah. Before we go on to that, like, what's the what's been the results like for this Facebook group? Like, in terms of numbers, in terms of like, have you really solved the problem? Like, people are people enjoying it? Um, what have you kind of learned from the process? Um, I've very much learned that people want help every single day. And to have that help, you need a lot of community members that are willing to be engaged, that are willing to help every single day. And sometimes I don't always have the answer, which is the best part about it, because I didn't want to be the one giving all the answers. I wanted everybody else to pitch in. Yes, it is solving problems. Yes, it is helping a lot of people. Is it finished? No. Has it stopped growing? No. It still needs to grow. Um, the Facebook group will serve many purposes. It obviously is a serve to help everyone chat and everything, but it's also going to serve the community when it comes to monetizing it more because they are really engaged and they are, I want them to be loyal to me and I want them to buy into what essentially I will be selling them because then it helps me help keep helping them. The thing is Saffron, I'm in, I'm in many like community groups, education and, and things like that. Pretty much what you're building, but in different spaces, as I mentioned before, and someone discords actually yeah mostly on discords to be fair and like someone like whatsapp groups some are paid for some are free and i think the biggest issue is given the the nature of the groups you're bringing in people that are very high performers incredibly successful what they do like running probably multiple different things like you and i are doing how do you get these people to actually be active in the groups because you say like you don't want to post all yourself like because you're you're the curator you don't want to be the person that creates all the content as well like in the group so how do you get these people to actually provide value in this group because it very they know if they provide value they get value back mm, so it's that transparency yeah aspect they know like, what they're okay. going to get from being in the group they know that if they help each other they're going to get help back at some point and also i think our generation has very much moved into a collaboration. It's no longer, they're my competitor, they're my competitor, I've got to do better sales than them. I mean, I've seen best friends running identical agencies, you know, they're doing the exact same service, but it's never as much as you're my competitor. Is I love you, I love seeing you do well. I'm going to help you any way I can. And I think that has worked very well for me because I have accumulated a community of people that are just like that. We share work. I will get so many people say to me, oh, I need this marketing service. And because I don't offer that anymore, I'm like, okay, I'll put it to the group who can help out. I've had other people in there say, okay, I need to outsource a few hours who can help me out. And it's people from both, say, for example, marketing agencies doing that. Before, I think that never really happened. I think we're just in a very different generation. And because I'm bringing all these people together, it has just worked very well. I showed the value I showed by giving my free time a lot of my free time and helping others they're willing to do the same and it works it pays off a lot of people have made a lot of money from that I mean yeah like I said we've shared a lot of work around from the website there's been way over 500 downloads to the events we've had over well including the event that we've got next week that means we have had 300 plus attendees over like four events so it is very much just give and receive and I think it works yeah, I think it is that sort of transparency as well as the reciprocation of like, if you provide value, you will get value back. Yeah. And it's like, so yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge when I've, when I've been in groups is do people actually engage in these groups? Like the idea of the groups might be amazing, but is the engagement there? And if it's not there, I'd like, you don't want it to be one way, even if you want to help in the group. It's like, if people don't give anything back, then it's it's a bit of a dead group. It's just a shell. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, currently there's just over 600 members. Not every 600 member will post every single day. But I see new names pop up all the time. They are doing it. They are keeping an eye on it. 
And I think because a lot of them are used to being in the social space, they are used to giving value and commenting anyways. I also do believe because a lot of them came from LinkedIn and this LinkedIn community is so used to engaging and so used to talking to each other every day. It was just another place filled with all the same people. What I am looking forward to seeing actually is when I start the Instagram properly and when I start the TikTok, how will those members act in the group? Will they be as engaging? I think it really does vary platform to platform, but I do know people who usually come from Instagram, they are very valuable. You get a really high conversion rate from people from Instagram. So yeah, I am I'm excited to see when I bring those over. I think it's a mix of hard work on my end and luck from the people, if I'm honest. I picked the right idea, fixing the right problem at the right time. So it, it was just naturally engaging. I think you just you just highlighted as well something that I want to highlight to the audience like before it gets unnoticed is that you, when I said like, how do you grow the community? You said, yeah, most of them come from LinkedIn. Then you're like, you're exploring new avenues of like Instagram and TikTok now. Something that you said that's very valuable that a lot of people miss is like the quality of those attendees from those two different channels. Because I think something that gets a bit like maybe just forgotten about is that they think that everyone that comes from LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, they're the same. No, they're not. Um, yeah. They're just numbers at the end of the day when it's an actual fact, like they're very different demographics. They're very different people with different needs, different requirements. So you as a community builder, being able to track the different quality of people from LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok, those different channels is very valuable for what you're building. Yeah. And so if any community builders are looking at these different channels, definitely try to find a way to differentiate between them like yeah. track track who they are track where they've come from because if you can see yeah most of the engagement comes from the tiktok users or the instagram users then just double down on that yeah definitely um, see yeah i think it's pretty known right now that tiktok has obviously a little attention span like you move on to new creators in tiktok all the time don't you it's it's not very often you get to see the people you even follow so that's the channel that i would worry about the most but i might be completely wrong that yeah, just because I know things change, people's moves change, people who you want to follow change. But that I know it's a lot harder to grow on Instagram, but they tend to be more loyal because it's a nurturing platform, isn't it? So I th- I'm hoping that that one is a really good one. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And the important thing is that you're tracking it. That's that's the important yeah. thing that a lot of people miss. Yeah, for sure. I want to move the conversation to LinkedIn. Now, Saffron posts a lot on LinkedIn, very consistent with her posting, and it's all done by her as well, which is an amazing thing. And she's only been doing it for a few months. So I really wanted to see, I guess, why she decided to move to LinkedIn. Obviously, a lot of her community for 20's Legacy have come from LinkedIn from her own personal brand, but I wanted to ask her, when did she start posting? What's the growth been like? Why she decided to do it? and also the opportunities that have come from that. So to give you guys an amazing idea for if you decide to go very heavy on LinkedIn, um, yeah, what can what can you expect in terms of the downsides and the upsides? Yeah, so um, I started taking LinkedIn seriously in May, though I was one of those users that you look at LinkedIn now and then, you like scroll through the posts, you might message someone here and there. I was never someone who consistently created And when I decided to do this community, I knew that I'm going to have to grow my personal brand. I wanted to be the face of this community and I want to grow my personal brand essentially everywhere. But I knew LinkedIn was a hub where you have tons of opportunities, a lot of active people and my target audience is there right now. Uh, I mean, in the 20s, the creators on there is booming. I would say that they are pretty much the head of LinkedIn at the minute. So I just knew it was a place I needed to be. I knew I enjoyed the platform. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to take it seriously. So yeah, I started uh, posting properly in May. The growth has been 
uh, incredible. I do put a lot of hard work. I don't want people thinking that I just put three to five posts a week and I get growth. No, I engage a lot. Uh, like a couple hours a day, I will be engaging. Um, I will get to my emails every single week. Well, the inboxes as much as I can every week. I do spend a lot of time and effort there. And I think the reason why I have grown so well is because I enjoy it. What someone said to me is actually, you're never going to grow on a platform you don't enjoy unless you do get someone to run it for you. Because why would you go there every single day and show up consistently and try really hard if you're not actually enjoying it? So I think a lot of people like fell out of love with Instagram, especially with how they've been recently. So I, a lot of people just didn't want to put the time and the effort there. But when I'm at, most of the time when I'm on LinkedIn, I do have a nice time. Like I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting new people. I've made so many amazing connections from just being active on LinkedIn. So yeah, I mean, from May, I went from around 2000 followers and I've just hit 16 and a half thousand. So it's like a, a big growth for me. I've never like grown like that. No, that's huge yeah i mean what what spurred that growth would you say like you so you're saying obviously consistency is one pillar but in terms of yeah like what would you attribute that growth to so yeah consistent posting engagement and i don't just mean like commenting on people's profiles or in the news feed i'll be really purposeful with my engagement so i'll go i'll obviously reply in the news feed or make comments in their purposeful comments i'll make connections in the dms i'll reply to everyone that I can within reason on my posts and then what I will do is when I have a little bit of time for extra engagement the people that I did comment on my posts I will go back onto my post and then go comment on theirs so I'm re like reciprocating the engagement and I'm being really purposeful with it I host events on links uh, on LinkedIn so I think that helps as well I am connecting with new people I get um, a lot of connection requests as well creator mode definitely did help as well um just being raw and honest a lot of the time being purposeful with my content, trying to be inspiring and not always just posting educational content. I think what I've found is posting purpose aware or like problem aware content has really helped. Like highlighting a problem someone has, then saying how to solve it instead of just going in with, you know, like five tips to do this. And so you said like two to three times a week is what you do. Like three to five. Three to five yeah. times a week. And like I guess for honesty purposes, like how much work goes into this? Because like I, I a lot of my friends do this and it sounds like a whole ton of work. Like yeah. it, it sounds very difficult to do, but obviously like the results that you've seen have been, have been really good. Like yeah. that have arisen from that. Monday to Friday, at least an hour engagement a day. It could, it could sometimes goes up and over up to two. I try to limit myself though, because I don't want to be too excessive. Creating the content. If I'm completely honest, I read a lot. So naturally, these things that I want to talk about come within my content, especially when I'm talking about productivity, um, organization, discipline and good habits. That comes from a lot of what I read. So that comes naturally. But then the other posts, I don't spend too long writing them. I am pretty much a person with my own content. I will think of the idea, get it down. It's going on LinkedIn. I do have like a general strategy, but I think when you're more freeing, rather than trying to be super structured and will this work, will this not, then I don't know if it always will. It just never really worked for me in the past. But I do follow my metrics. Like I will see, okay, this post has done really well. That means people like this content. I'm going to continue with this content. When I started in May, I tried loads of different avenues, like loads of different content pillars. And I then stuck with what works best. Yeah, and it's just a mix from what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking and what I've read recently, to be honest. 
again like excellent advice like tracking like what what sort of posts and like categorizing them which sort of posts people would engage with the most yeah. and yeah it's exactly what Schwab said a few a few episodes ago if you guys are interested in uh posting on LinkedIn more frequently he's he's kind of the go-to guy when it comes to that yeah he as sure well. is I think um <laughs> with LinkedIn one of the best parts about it that I like is you get what you know you receive what you give so if you're willing to put that time in, you're going to get that back. You will see growth because you will improve. People will see you more and you will grow. And it is not just like a numbers game, of course, that like you shouldn't focus on vanity metrics. But of course, with my growth has come opportunities. Mm. So talk talk about that a bit, a bit because like obviously there's numbers that go up, like connections, messages, whatever. Concrete opportunities and things that have come to you from LinkedIn, What what have they been? Like give a few examples. Every single week, I get either offers for jobs or offers to freelance with them or asking, like, I get a lot of people saying, how can you help my company? What can you come in and do? Though I have to politely, like, decline a lot of it because I am just so busy. These opportunities are crazy. Uh, The opportunities as well to, I've been able to speak with huge LinkedIn creators with, like, really successful business owners I've been invited to like big companies to come talk with like their senior departments as well talk to other teams about like personal branding marketing LinkedIn community building everything like that obviously comes with making money as well that's a huge opportunity that LinkedIn's been able to give me I'm doing something that I'm really passionate about and it's enabled me to make money um the opportunities are meeting uh, amazing friends as well I think that's a super underrated thing um, as well as opportunities like this, like being on podcasts, I would have never have done that if I wasn't posted on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, well, I freelance as well uh, on the side and the freelance opportunities that I do do would have never have come if I wasn't on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Brand I think... partnerships as well, sorry. that Like I've gotten brand partnerships from it, talking to people about different brand partnerships as well, working with them on that. There's just so many unrelated, well, it's an incredible opportunity platform and it's a real shame when people don't see that and don't use it. Yeah. And to reiterate again, like that was from May. So yeah. it's been, it's been like the growth, like that's only been the last like what, two, no, three months. Like it's, it's phenomenal. Let me like for the last like few minutes, Saffron, I would love to, because like we're very honest podcast, as I said, like what's the sort of dark side of LinkedIn? So you talk about the, the long sort of like when it comes to writing the post, it might take a while, but then it's, I feel like even for me, when I'm on LinkedIn, I do a post, I get maybe like four or five messages, like people trying to sell me stuff every day, that sort of thing. And it's very difficult to go through the, the, the connections and DMs where it's actually going to provide value to you. That's a difficult part of it for me. I don't post every day. I don't post frequently. It's not my sort of thing. I just never done it. It's timing. But for you, what's what, I, th- I think it would just be that times like a million. Yeah, so th- there's huge dark sides. And the thing is, I think what people can get like not see sometimes is that across and aside from all of this, all this is going really amazing. All these numbers are great. There's the social anxiety. It's the constant comparing yourself to people. It's the spam DMs where people are either trying to sell to you, uh, men in your DMs treating it like Tinder, or on the other side, people being really hateful and nasty. I mean, every single, like sometimes I do have to take LinkedIn breaks or social media breaks because I'm just so exhausted from comparing myself to what this person's doing one day or not feeling good enough because I've not made the same uh, like amount of revenue as this person or I've not grown as quickly as this person. It's it, There is a really dark side to it. And I think if you don't have a thick skin, you've either got to learn to get one or not do it because it, it's really damaging. And it, I've had to, like, um, I actually just came 
came back from a recent break from LinkedIn. I took a week off because it just really got to me. And that does happen. And the hate, though, that doesn't get to me. Though I get really nasty comments a lot of the time, whether it's in my posts or the DMs, I can just brush that off because I know it's just someone behind a screen. Um, I think, yeah, if, if a post as well, I can get upwards of 100 plus DMs a day. So going through that, it, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a tedious task. I'm not going to lie. I do call on my sister to help sift through them sometimes because how else really humanely am I going to be able to do that? At the moment, I'm not in a position to outsource to a VA. In terms of like percentage based of those DMs, how many are useful? How many of them are like just men trying to hit on you? How many of them are just spam people trying to sell to you? Like, yeah, just out of interest. Um, I'll say a good 60% is people that have been genuine. They want either help. Oh, okay. Or, that's, not, that's pretty good. Yeah, they want help or they want to just chat. They want to know about something within the community. They want to know more information about something or whether it's like an opportunity. Like most of it is positive. And then I'd say it's split for like 2020 between men being vulgar and then um, hate. Yeah, for men listening, don't use Tinder. Don't use <laughs> LinkedIn like Tinder. Like, if you want to take any messages from this podcast episode, then yeah. I know. That's, that's a good Do you know what the weird thing is? I wouldn't be someone who would take to that anyways. Even if I was looking for it, if you're going to pop up to me on LinkedIn DM, this is just no. LinkedIn is just a weird place to do it. Like, it's just not, it it's just a strange place to do it. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't like it. And the thing is, I'm not even going to reply to it now because I realize it's a waste of my time. So I will just remove the connection or block you if we're not even connected and you've just sent it through email. But, but yeah. overall, overall, LinkedIn has been incredibly like beneficial yeah. to your growth. And like, you're definitely going to double down on it, do it some more. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to definitely keep going. It is a space that I see with huge potential, huge value. And the best part is anyone that you want to get in contact with, you can find the decision makers. How hard is it to cold email yeah, a decision true. maker and they're actually going to pick it up? Whereas yeah. a decision maker, as long as their account's not run by someone, um, is going to see me, see the value that I give. And when I want to talk to them, it's easier. Yeah, this is this that people don't I, I know we've gone a little bit over the podcast but just like as a very underrated part of LinkedIn that people don't really see is that before back in the day when LinkedIn didn't exist you'd have to cold call a company yeah and you have to get through the the receptionist and then you have to go to another layer and then you have to go through another oh like this person's not here like call back later all these different layers you have to go through yeah and then you might get like five minutes with the decision maker in between meetings like you're very very lucky LinkedIn has changed that. Like it's changed the game when it comes to that. You can you can message them directly. And that's never and they and if you have a good following, if you have a good sort of they can see what you're all about yeah. without like without actually having to pitch to them over like two minutes when their mind is probably elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a very underrated part of LinkedIn. Yeah. And the thing is, there is so many aspiring people on LinkedIn. I cannot even put myself in between the best of LinkedIn because there are so many incredible people on there. And I think I get to consume their content every day. I have the chance to talk to them every single day. What other platform is providing that? There we go. Lovely message to end of the podcast. Saffron, it's been amazing having you on the podcast. How can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing? I, I'm assuming LinkedIn is probably the best place to find you. Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. It is the easiest. Um, I think I, I do get some messages on there. I don't want to put people off. No, please talk to me on LinkedIn. Connect with me. It's just Saffron-Sumner uh, on the end of the normal LinkedIn URL. Yeah, go on there. Fantastic. Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much and for I'm inviting sure we'll me. I'm sure we'll chat very soon. Yes. My pleasure. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. If you enjoyed, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Subscribe, of course. You do not want to miss episode number 100. It's a very special episode. I filmed it, um, recorded it a few weeks ago, and it was an incredible conversation. Left a real impact on myself. And normally those sort of conversations are the best when it comes to podcasting. If they have an impact on me personally, then I know you guys will definitely love it as well for sure. So subscribe, do not miss it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even YouTube, um, so you don't miss it. Thank you so much for listening again, and I'll catch you in the next one, which will be episode number 100.